I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not to taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And we are back. The Fantasy Football Consistency Show is coming right back at you here again early. Uh, well, it's June 10th, so uh, we th- the regular season, whether well, the preseason could start here in just a couple months if all goes well and the Hall of Fame game goes off without a hitch, which they were, they we're hearing here in Canton, Ohio, is still a high possibility. They've told the NFL they kind of want to make it the test game. For the and makes sense. It's the first game anyway, so we'll we'll see what happens. But as always, I shouldn't say as always, because last week our good friend Colby Conway stepped in. But as always, as normal, our good friend Rod Rigney is back and um, sharper than ever. Uh, finally got his school done. Uh, his brain now is resting from all of the pain and agony of doing online school teaching. So, Ron, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, we put a bow on the oddest school year <laughs> yeah, ever. Ever. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think there's anything you can compare it to. And so we'll see what happens for next year. But yeah, I'm kind of geeking out right now. We're getting ready to talk uh, a little fantasy football. I've got the MLB draft on, which nice. cause I don't, it probably sounds kind of nerdy, but at this point, you know, as, as a diehard baseball fan, I'll take any anything baseball related I can get. So looking forward to see what happens there as well. And fantasy, it, it, baseball draft is such a weird one. Not, I should say weird. I guess as fantasy football guys and, and mostly football guys, I know you do both, so you're definitely more into it. But you know, I, I I have played fantasy baseball in the past, but I was never until maybe a few years back. I got into like a, a, a I guess it was dynasty or keeper league with minor leaguers, and I remember watching the draft and you know just sitting there watching like you know kids straight out of high school being drafted but you know you're not going to see them for three or four years if they're really good three or four years maybe longer as compared to the nfl draft where they basically are coming in some of them could be a first day starter just a whole different game a whole different scenario um but obviously you know i get the excitement over watching you know drafting a kid that comes out of school you know, and and you, we would draft him in this, you know, this league. We could have seven minor leaguers, and you draft a kid who's eighteen years old, and you, in three years he comes up, and now he's a superstar. And it's just, it's it's an interesting thing, but definitely has its uh, uniquenesses that makes it kind of fun. And I'm sure uh, for those who play the fantasy baseball world, especially with the minor leaguers involved, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's a different game, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a totally different draft too. I mean, you, there's no trades, so number one, you don't have that aspect of it, which right. is my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the NFL draft. But also, too, you know, you're talking about boring things like slot money allocation. Are they signing him above slot or below slot? And, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it is totally a different animal because when we're right. doing a dynasty NFL draft, you know, you're getting guys that you're going to probably use next year or ne- the year after that. Right. You could get a guy in your dynasty baseball draft this year that you may not use for another five, six years down the road. So you right. got to really be invested. And of course, nerds like myself and my, my guys on the Fanjax Dynasty podcast, we sure. are all about these kind of things. Right. So if you're into that, folks, and you're listening to this, definitely follow our good friend Ron on Twitter uh, at The Real Mod Day. And then, of course, get him on Fantrax where all the great things and uh, him and Nate Dockin and the boys from Nasty Cast. So a lot of great stuff. If you want the best in fantasy baseball, Ron and, the, and his friends are it. 
Tonight, we look at the running back position. We're breaking it down out of the 2020 Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, which, of course, is out, has been out for sale for a while. Uh, but if you haven't had a chance to get it, go out and get it on Amazon. Uh, and just search Fantasy Football Consistency, uh, and you should have no problem finding it. But it's out there. Definitely make sure you pick that up. Of course, once you get it, at the bottom of every page is a coupon code that you can come back, get the VIP access to the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website for the whole season, all the way through the end of the year. All access to everything. Email me, ask me questions, Ron questions, whoever you want to talk to. Not a problem. That's what we're here for, to help you out. And that is only $10 in addition to the book so make sure you do that but tonight we're going to look at the running back position and you know it's been an interesting scenario over let's say the last well almost 20 years now so you know back in the day <laughs> the early 2000s 2002 2009 there were 35 running backs or over 300 points uh fantasy points ppr points in the season and five running backs who were over 400 in that time frame um, from 2009 to 2018, only 26 running backs are over 300 points in a season, and only one running back has been over that mark uh, in a long, long time. Um, and, you know, basically, um, you know, we've had uh, you know, David Johnson do it. Um, you know, McCaffrey last year had actually been two running backs, I guess. That's weird. Um, but so there's been two running backs actually since then. McCaffrey last year and then David Johnson the year before. Uh, oh, that's right. There's 2018. That's why it was only one. So it was just David Johnson. McCaffrey goes over last year, crushing over 400 with 468. Uh, 150 points ahead of second place. I mean, we haven't seen a, a year like this in a long, long time. I think we have to go back way back to like the – Ladainian and Tomlinson record-setting year with with the twenty six rushing touchdowns uh, that may have exceeded that, um, but you know uh, it, it certainly there was a lot of guys this past year that could have been over three hundred. Uh, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, um, actually those were the only three over three hundred was Jones, Elliott, and Eckler. Derrick Henry at two ninety seven point five. Dalvin Cook at two ninety four. So, you know, what are your thoughts now as we look at running backs, we start to look at running backs as we head into this year, are you looking at them any differently or do we kind of know what we've got to choose from and then we kind of have to find those undervalued guys, obviously using the guide to help, to kind of fill in that RB2 role? How do you look at, how do you looking at the quarterbacks as we head into 2020, Ron? I mean, it, it, a lot of it always depends upon where you pick, too. But sure. I, th right. I think that it's – I'm looking at with a lot of these RB2, RB3 guys, I'm seeing some situations that I don't really know how they're going to unfold. I was just uh, – we were sharing a couple things on Twitter today, and I got asked the question of, you know, are there some guys that everybody's high on that you're not necessarily that high on? And one of the things I put like a great example of this was the Seattle backfield. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of staying away from the Seattle backfield just because I don't know really how that's going to shake out. We know Chris Carson – can put numbers up, but we also know Chris Carson's had a little problem staying healthy. I believe they brought Carlos Hyde in, if I remember and correctly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to hang on to the ball as well. Rashad Penny's still creeping around. So I don't, that's one I, I'm kind of sketchy on, but it just seems like there's a few situations here. You know, of course, you got like 
Todd, the Todd Gurley's of the world, how are they going to bounce back? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary with them adding Zach Moss in the backfield. You know, so there's a lot of guys in that that RB two, RB three range that I think it makes it kind of murky. So to me, that places a little bit more emphasis on you getting one of those those tier one or tier two guys mm-hmm. that you know are going to kind of anchor that backfield: the McCaffreys, the Elliotts, the Dalvin Cooks, and Derrick Henrys of the world. So I think there's a little more emphasis on that because there is a few question marks when you're trying to fill that second spot. Exactly. And I think even more this year, there is so many more question marks once you get past, let's say, the big four or five. Um, you know, and as we move down through the guide and we start looking at the 2020 review, I mean, we look at tier one. We've got McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley and Kamara. Um, I did not put Henry up in this level because he this is his best year he's ever had. And I just don't you know, he's, he's always been that kind of, you know person that looks like he's going to have a great season doesn't have the great season you know then gets you know so this year he put it all together and it worked can he do it for a second year you know that's still a little bit uh you know not a hundred not a hundred percent sold yet on henry for this year uh not that he won't do well but i just don't know if he can match that 80 percent consistency top five numbers um he should, you know, there isn't a lot of changes there, but, uh, uh, those top four, I think are so important if you can get one of them. But as you said, if you don't draft in the top five, you're probably not going to touch any of them. So now you've got to get, you know, creative of how you want to approach the draft. Um, I mean, is there any reason that you doubt that these guys should be in the top fours or anybody there that you're maybe down on this year? Maybe are you, thinking Barkley may not rebound. I mean, I put him back up because I just think the injury is what shut him down and hurt him more than we expected. I thought he'd come back a little too quick, but what are your thoughts on the big four there? No, I'm fine with that. I, I, I believe, too, Barkley's going to bounce back, and they've gotten a little better around him. Daniel Jones, another another year there, a new, co- new regime coming in there. As much as we don't like the New England coaching tree, mm-hmm. I think that might help a little bit as well. The only guy that I'm – a little sketchy on when I'm picking in that top four, top five is Kamara. And I don't really know why. I mean, he's 86% mm-hmm. clutch. But I think the thing that separates these four guys as well, and there's a couple of guys in the second tier that do a little bit of this, but these guys all catch the ball right. at a pretty high rate as well. And I think that right. set, definitely sets them apart. Even if it's not PPR, you still get those yards. You still get those touchdowns that they're going to get through the air as well. So it, it gives them a little bump even in standard leagues also. Exactly. And if you remember, Kamara missed two games and then in the offseason said that his legs were about 75% all season long. He was never 100% healthy. And he still was number nine in total points, missing two games. 86% consistency. If he's doing that on 75% of his legs, he could be in for a great year. And I think it's a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So we can take a look out for that. So like I said, as we get into the Tier 2, here's guys that were very successful or have could be successful in 2020, but they all have some question marks, some more than others. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, we're looking like he would could easily be a top five pick. Now he's talking about holding out. So that has question marks. Derrick Henry, we've already talked about. Eckler, can he do a full season as the main guy? You know, yes, he did really, really well for the first four games last year when Melvin Gordon was out, but then Melvin Gordon come back, he got to share time, was still productive. Can he do that full 16 games 
without them, you know, having a Melvin Gordon, you know, will they spell him enough with Justin Jackson and those kind of guys to, you know, keep him fresh? But the kid's got the talent. I mean, I'm certainly drafting him in most of my leagues because I like getting him as my uh, maybe RB2 in the middle of the second round um, if I, or RB1 if I took, like, Michael Thomas at six. So I like that. You know, Nick Chubb, second half of the year, 50% consistent when Hunt was on the field. Uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, was tried, was tried to be – they tried to trade him, and yet he had one of his best year. Aaron Jones did a lot of his with the 19 touchdowns. Joe Mixon, uh, team-wise around him, is decent, but he got a rookie quarterback, Miles Sanders, Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, there's so many things. Is there anybody in there that – Maybe you're a little bit higher on than me and from what you just heard or, or, or lower. What are your thoughts on some of the guys in here? And, you know, who are you targeting in this in this group in most of your drafts that you've done so far, uh, you know, this over these past few months? Well, it seems like when I've done drafts, I keep getting it's something about like the 11th pick. My Like my lucky number mm, must yeah. be 11 for this year because I picked <laughs> at the end of that first round. Right. I think in every best ball that I've done. And I find myself when I pick there – I end up with a lot of DeAndre Hopkins at that pick, which I'm perfectly sure. fine with in a 12-teamer. And I come back with a lot of either – I think I've got Leonard Fournette in, in most as my follow-up in most of those as well, and I'm perfectly right. fine with that. I do like the fact it's a contract year. I do like the fact that he's got a little bit maybe added motivation to go out and, and show out a little bit just because, like you said, he was on the trade block, got his crap together last year, mm-hmm. didn't really have to worry about injury last year, and put up a really solid season, 93% clutch rate. I think the guys that they're the bottom three are – Guys that I'm kind of staying away from, you know, like you said, Aaron Jones. Don't not not know. I don't know if I'm really buying into that quite a bit. He's there a couple. He was there a couple times when I had that pick coming back in the second. Mm-hmm. Overlooked him. I don't have any Joe Mixon. I don't have any Miles Sanders. And and that Twitter thread I was talking about earlier today, Miles Sanders was an awfully uh, popular name on there as well. A guy that people are are kind of gravitating towards. That maybe a few people are like, yeah, wait a minute. I don't know necessarily if I'm going to pay the draft capital that he's going to he's going to command. I'm perfectly fine, I think, with most of the guys in the top half of this tier. You know, there, you know, it is it's going to be interesting to see if Austin Eckler can come out and be that guy, the every down guy, which I think he can. He showed, you know, he could do that last year. Other than that, I, th- I think my favorite guy, just based on where I'm picking, though, is Fournette. Um, Cook with the holdout, I don't know where that goes. That's, so that's something you got to worry about, too, in drafts, if it goes into the season or not. Most of the time, though, those holdouts don't get that extreme. We don't see a, you know, a Melvin Gordon scenario every time somebody says they're going to hold out. But I think most mm-hmm. of these guys are pretty, pretty fairly ranked, although those last three I think I'm staying away from for the most part. Let's uh, just real quick. I, so I pulled up two different ADP sites. One is football guys. They keep theirs up pretty up to date. They just updated it June 8th. And they use a combination of MFL, FFC, various sites. And then, of course, our good friends at Fantasy Football Calculator. The thing that has surprised me um, right now where I see it at is that Ezekiel Elliott is not only the fourth of the big four, but he's going at 107 in one draft and uh, 105 in the other draft. So, is you, do, I mean, do you think people are are thinking that they're going to throw more because they got C.D. Lamb? I mean, why would – I mean, is there something that you think that, you know, have you heard or you know, why are people – so, I mean, like in this one where he's 105, he's the fifth running back. Dalvin Cook is third. Now, this mm-hmm. was before – this, of course, was two days ago, so it was before the announcement. But, man, I'm just like, man, if I could get Elliott at five, I think I would be giddy all day long. 
one of the best balls I did, I've done six of them, five okay. of which I picked 11. The one other one I picked nine. He went seventh in that one, and I wow. was super stoked because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get Zeke Elliott at, ele- at the 11th pick. Or not right. pick. This is nuts. Right. But he ended up going seven. But still, that's insane. Yeah. That's Yeah, I I haven't heard anything. I don't know if there was something maybe when they thought that there could – I don't know, with Dak Prescott's contract. I don't. I was trying to think uh, of that as well. I don't yeah. know why he would be out of that top four because there's no way that if he's, out, if he's there and I've got all these guys in tier two, there's no way I'm not going to pick him. Right. Oh, yeah. over yeah. all these guys. I, I I have seen a couple though where Derrick Henry has went extremely high as well. He's went mm. in that top four and kind of pushed either Kamara or Elliott out as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, again, and everybody has their own thoughts and ideas. I'm just surprised that you know the overall would have Elliott, and it said he dropped two points, so he went from third to fifth. So, um, so anyway, all right. So we move into t- uh, tier three of uh, which is basically our RB two A's, which the guys are ranked thirteenth. 14th and 15th, I got Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, again, all three of these guys have the talent. Um, I don't know if any of them will get over 70% consistency, uh, but they're a good RB2. That's why they're RB2As. Um, You know, Le'Veon Bell, if he was with anybody other than Adam Gates, I'm sure we would love him more, but he's not. (laughs) Carson, like you said, uh, you know, fumble issues and that. Josh Jacobs, you know, didn't stay healthy last year. And that, that's a concern to me. You know, it's like as a rookie and you, and you miss three games, uh, you know, and only 62% consistent in those games. Yes, he had some flashes where he had some big games, but just seemed like he was either nicked up or missed games way too often for somebody that's that young. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the big three in, in this tier three area? Love me some Josh Jacobs. That's another guy that I think I followed up a couple of those Hawkins picks with. I'm perfectly fine with him as my RB1. Only thing is, you know, like you said, the health is a concern, but he does a little bit of everything. I look for him to catch the ball a little bit more out of the backfield as well. Right. And he's kind of earned that trust with Derek Carr and with John Gruden. Plus, mm-hmm. too, they, did, they, they didn't add a ton in the backfield. They added some weapons on the outside, so hopefully that can open up some things for him. Chris, like I mentioned Chris Carson before, Le'Veon Bell, guys that I'm mainly staying away from just because of their situations. I don't question their talent. It's just, it's clear that Adam Gase does not want to go with Le'Veon Bell as a workhorse for whatever reason. They've talked about trading him as well. So a lot of questions there as far as, you know, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about who's going to get the ball there. It's just a matter of how often they're going to use him is right. the biggest question I have. Right. So he could, he could, I'm okay with him as my RB2, but he's really not somebody that I'm seeking out to draft. Right. Yeah, interesting enough about Josh Jacobs. So um, I think I've told you this before, a... Uh, my daughter's boyfriend, um, one of his best friends from college, got a job with the Raiders. And um, he was actually in town, and we uh, saw him on Sunday. We're going out there in the fall to go to one of the games. But I asked him about Josh Jacobs. I said, you know, are the rumors true? Is he going to get more involved in the passing game? He said, absolutely. You know, that is the key. They want to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And I said, yeah, but can he stay healthy? And he said, yeah, that's the problem. And I said, yeah, okay. So that that's straight from a uh, Raiders personnel's mouth. Uh, pretty much has the same feelings we do. So, uh, but yeah, Josh Setley certainly has a talent, but got to stay healthy. Um, so tier four is really, I think, where, you know, is our RB2Bs. These are the rest of the RB2s. You know, here's where some of the guys that I love a lot this year. And in fact, um, one of the strategies I've kind of done in some of my best ball drafts is um, waited and grabbed two out of these four, uh, or two, I'm sorry, two of these four, 
two out of tier four as my two running backs and loaded up on three straight receivers, or I even tried a, a deal where I went, I think, receiver and then Kelsey, or no, I went receiver. I think it was like six pick. I took receiver and then went Kelsey and then went Mahomes just just for fun and then came back and got you know some of the guys out of tier four. Some of my favorites um, are Raheem Mostert, uh, Devin Singletary, Ronald Jones, um, and Kenya Drake probably is my fourth guy that I like. Even Montgomery I like a little bit as potential for you know somebody that could pick it up. The rest of the guys just have um, some injury you know issues that I'm kind of concerned about. Uh, Melvin Gordon going to a new team certainly got talent, but he's getting older. He missed you know he missed games, but his were due to holdout. Um, but you know he certainly is not that much old. I mean he's only I think 25 or 26, so not super old. It just seems like he's been around forever. Uh, but you know going to Denver, how much time he's going to share with Philip Lindsay, that kind of stuff. But what are your thoughts of some of the guys in here? These guys have been guys that I've really have focused on in my drafts, especially if I'm in the position where I don't have an early pick. Like you said, that late round or the late first round where you're going like nine through 12, maybe going double receiver, getting a Julio Jones and a, uh, like you said, a Hopkins or somebody like that. Um, and then come back in rounds three and four uh, and get maybe somebody like, you know, Mostert, Ronald Jones, Montgomery, Singletary, one of those kind of guys. Um, and sometimes these guys are falling into rounds five and six. So uh, what are your thoughts on the tier four guys? What guys in there do you, have you drafted more often than not and seem to like more uh, than the others? Honestly, as far as drafts, I don't know that I have any of these guys on any teams that I've really? done drafts, to be honest with you. I, I might have a Devin Singletary somewhere, okay, but I think that might be the only one that I've actually gotten a hold of just way the way my picks have fallen. I'm okay with most of these guys here. I think Kenyon Drake in that offense has a chance to show out quite a bit and show what he can do. Mostert, I'm a little the opposite way on Mostert. Not that I don't like him, but you still got Tevin Coleman creeping around. You don't know what they're going to do with Jarek McKinnon. He's still there. We've kind of forgotten about him as well, so we'll see what happens there. But he did, Mostert did definitely separate himself from the rest of those guys last year for sure, mm-hmm. so gives me a little bit more confidence. I think Melvin Gordon was signed to get the ball a lot, so I'm perfectly fine with Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. I'm also perfectly fine with Todd Gurley as my RB2. I think that there's a nice opportunity for a bounce back there. Took his physical the other day, everything checked out just fine. And I don't know how much of that was just, you know, the coaching staff trying to be, you know, smartest guy in the room or if it's really girly was hurt in, in that last year or two in st louis and or in la i don't think we really know but i'm there's not a lot of competition for him in atlanta in the backfield right. so that that's something i do like quite a bit uh, i mentioned singletary earlier a little bit of concern that zach moss could steal some some carries from him when he kind of figures things out but he's going to kind of be the early down guy so i like devin singletary as kind of that rb2 or maybe even your flex and a ppr love ronald jones you know they they uh Brought in a little bit of competition as well, but I think he's definitely got that job. The only guy I'm really kind of shady on this this list of is James Conner. Yes, James Conner, I'm still mad at you for last year. <laughs> I'm going to be mad at you for a while, so we'll see what happens there. But they also brought in a little bit of help in the backfield also. All right. Oh, and, and the last guy there, David Johnson, RB2. I think I'm okay with David Johnson as my RB2. Do you think he can stay healthy? I I mean that's the only that's the only downside I think right. there is. I mean there's not a ton of competition for well, him there. Well, no, right, think, yeah. You know, Duke Johnson is is more the the third down type of guy. So right. we'll see. I mean, he yeah, did play. Think, you know, David Johnson did play in thirteen games last year. He just didn't do a lot in those thirteen games. 
Right, right. So you have D. Johnson and D. Johnson, so that's going to be difficult in the Houston backfield, though. Um, Duke and David. Um, yeah, I, I, so kind of going back to Gurley uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I had a surprise podcast that you didn't even know I was doing, and I had uh, Dr. Brandon ba- Dr. Brandon Bowers, who does the uh, injury reports for CBS Sports now uh, during the season, and basically he is an orthopedic uh, doctor and surgeon, and uh, he was talking about Gurley, and and he's kind of he kind of reiterated some of the stuff we've already knew, which is you know, and I've already said is his biggest thing is is that this guy from his past injuries, has arthritis, and arthritis doesn't go away. And it's not something you can have a surgery, you can have it repaired, and the poof, it's it's 100% fixed. So he said, you know, he's still worried that, you know, that you kind of in the same way I've been worried, that they'll push him too hard in Atlanta, and he may look great for a couple games and then have to sit out for a game great for a couple of, so you know he he was kind of in agreement with you know me I didn't say this I just said I have my thoughts on him you tell me the real thoughts because you're the doctor and you know what's been going on and he said you know obviously they haven't always shared every piece of information about him he was but from what I see and what I know about the injury and about you know the scenario he goes I'm a little, I'm really worried about Gurley I probably wouldn't draft him so Hmm. Um, that was his thoughts and you have to go back and listen to it to get the full story. But, um, he was, he was pretty down on him, um, going full bore, I guess. He said, you know, if they baby him like they did last year in for the Rams, he goes, then, you know, so maybe they will. And maybe Atlanta will be smart and they'll mix in Brian Hill and Edo Smith or whoever's all there now and give them him some rest. But, you know. It's only one year contract, so I, my thought is they're going to use the crap out of him, and then if he falls off, he falls off. So we'll see. But um, but anyway, uh, that's that was from our podcast a couple weeks ago with Doctor Brandon Bauer. So make sure you check that out if you haven't. A lot of great insight on some of the injuries, like AJ Green and Juju and and Gurley and a lot of the guys that were hurt last year and coming back. So definitely take a listen there. So. Hey, let's move on to the X consistency um, as we kind of look at a different spin on the consistency numbers. Uh, we came up with this a few years ago, kind of using it similar to XERA in baseball, trying that true consistency value based on regardless of how many games a person plays. So as our example in the guide, we have Kareem Hunt, who only played eight games, had 100, uh, you know, averaged uh, or had 100 0.60 fantasy points. Josh Jacob played 13 games, 192.8. Uh, Kareem Hunt was 75% consistent. Jacobs was 62% consistent. But their X consistency calculation has Hunt at 9.43, Josh Jacobs at 9.20, which ranked them 17th and 18th. So one that shows that Hunt was very valuable in the games he played. Uh, definitely worthy of being an RB2 draft or drafted as an RB2. You probably won't. He probably goes an RB3 in most leagues, which is probably a, a fairer spot. He's going to usually around round six, while Josh Jacobs is going around two. So, um, you know, we love Jacobs, but again, it was the health that kept him off the field. 
but maybe he wasn't as successful on the field as we gave him credit for. So this is kind of just separating those, kind of move some players up, some players down. You know, Ron, as we look at page 46 here at the guide and we see the, the top 12 rankings and ex-consistency as we knew McCaffrey way ahead. But I think the biggest surprise is seeing Dalvin Cook number two, but Eckler at four and Fournette at five really surprises me. What surprises uh, also kind of jump out at you in this group? I think how low that Saquon Barkley is kind of surprises mm-hmm. me a little bit. He's a little bit further towards the bottom, but also Mark Ingram being in there uh, is a little bit surprising as as well. I wouldn't have pegged him to be that high uh, heading out of last year. It gives me a little bit of pause with him this year, you know, with the addition of J.K. Dobbins in there mm-hmm. um, in Baltimore. But I, I think those are probably two of the most surprising. Other than that, I mean, these are kind of the guys that, you know, you expect to get those points for you. So they're not a not a whole lot of surprises here. I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey is light years ahead of everybody in every right. category that we have. And here he is again. He's got he's averaging twenty seven and a half a game. Dalvin Cook second with nineteen and a half a game. So that just kind of tells you the you know the value he brings to the table with those hundred plus catch seasons. So no, I don't think there's a lot of shocks here. You know, it is a little shocking to see, I guess to, to see Fournette there, uh number five. But yet yet again, I do like him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. As we move down into the second group, ranking 13 through 24, um, there are quite a few surprises in here, some that are much lower than expected, some are higher. Probably the biggest one that jumps out is the guy at number 13, and that's James White, who is 13th in ex-consistency. Now, now is cons- that a really a surprise to us? We love James White. Right. Though. It's we not a surprise to James us. White. For those of us, <laughs> yes, good point well taken. Uh, there, it'll be a surprise to everybody who doesn't follow the consistency information normally. We all love James White, 80% consistency last year. And as we've mentioned, I don't know how many times you've drafted him in drafts so far, but you know, I love getting him because he's going so late. There's no love at all for anybody from New England this year. Edelman and him are both being drafted in rounds like 6, 7, and 8. White probably even farther back. Um, but definitely Edelman's going to like round 6 and 7 getting him as my uh, wide receiver three, which is fantastic. Um, And you know damn well that they're going to use these two guys. They were the focal point for Brady. Why would they not be the focal point for whoever's quarterbacking? I don't care if it's Stedham or or Cam Newton or Brian Hoyer. They're going to throw to the two stars, and these guys are the two stars of the team. So definitely that. Um, Like we said, we already talked about Hunt at 17. Uh, definitely high on my list. Again, somebody that I've been drafting in, in, as my RB3 in a lot of leagues because the Browns have already said they're planning on using them both. And, uh, you know, he was very successful in those games last year. Now, granted, new coach, new system, but, you know, um, they definitely, I think, will use Hunt and, and Chubb just as much as they can because they're both very talented. Um, you know, the guys that I think were a little bit surprising were a little bit lower than expected were guys like Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon being down there at 20th. James Conner at 19th isn't a surprise, especially to Ron, because he knows how bad he hurt him Ooh. last year. Boo. Um, I think Mixon is a surprise because, you know, Mixon is getting a ton of love this year. Um, the uh, ADPs I'm looking at right now have Mixon at number seven. He's ahead of Chubbs, Jacob, Eckler, Sanders, all of them in this in the football guys. And he is at number, yeah, he's RB7, also in the fantasy football calculator. So right now he's going seventh off the board at running back, and yet he was 20th last year. Now, 
you could say, well, his quarterback wasn't very good. Well, he's getting a rookie this year, so we don't know what to expect. And let's be honest, Andy Dalton wasn't that bad. Um, you know, yeah, they did get a lineman hurt, so the line should be a little bit better. And and I like Joe Mixon as a player. I just don't know if I'm picking him in the first round, which is what these RDP, ADPs are showing. I mean, I know you like Mixon. Are you picking Mixon in the first round? No, and okay. and that's that's you know that position I've been in at nine or eleven. He's been there on the board um, at nine, All right? A couple times, or with the time I was there, and I didn't take him. And then on the, it's funny because a couple times when I picked eleven, he was there. A couple times he went like in that six seven range. I'm definitely not going there. I think I'm going receiver all day long. And I'm, I'm kind of like you. It's not that I don't like him, but right. there's just something about him. I, you know, maybe it is just the fact that he's he's not been consistent you know last year nine out of 16 right. maybe that's it but I'm not comfortable taking him as my RB1 if I could get him as my RB2 a little more comfortable with that for sure right and you know like I said um, I just I don't know I just something about Mixon it just seems like he kind of reminds me of the Derrick Henry from a couple years ago when you just like you want to like him you want to have draft him but then you know that you're going to get a couple of those games where he's just going to die on you and it's just going to kill you and the consistency's not there. Now, last year was obviously Derrick Henry's breakout and, you know, he he hit that 80% that we've been looking for for years. But how many years had, did you have to get burned to get to this point? So, you know, I don't know if this is the year. He's still young, maybe maybe 2021 when Burrow has another, you know, a year under his belt and got some experience. But yeah, it's 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 tough to tough to put put him up in the first round. But that's where he's going. You know, another guy that uh, we won't see in the consistency guide because he's a rookie is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, how much love do you have for him, and where do you think his ADP is right now? <laughs> I, I know it's pretty high because yeah. most of the drafts I've done, he's the first rookie off the board by right. far. Because I'm shooting for my my boy, my Colts guy, Jonathan Taylor, and, sure. and Hilaire is always going ahead of him. It's uh, I like him, but yet again, it's kind of the same thing with uh, that gives me a little pause with Kamara. Right. And there's so many mouths to feed uh, in Kansas City, and they've got him more as a complimentary piece than they do as a workhorse piece. I mean, you know, they got the Tyree Kills and the Kelseys, and you know, Damian Williams is the guy who's in there in this tier that we're talking about here. So I, I do like him. I don't want to have to rely on him a whole lot if I don't have to. I do like him a little more in PPR. He does a lot of things very well, and he's one of the better pass catchers out of the backfield in the draft. So I think he fits what they want to do in real life absolutely 100% perfectly. It's just I don't know how that's going to end up translating to fantasy with all of the, the people that they have that they can use as weapons on that field. Right, and so on. in both scenarios, he is the RB13 uh, and going in the middle to late second round. Mm. So, yeah. That's, you know, and, and this one ADP has Fournette at 15, Gurley at 16, Gordon at 17, Chris Carson at 19. So they're all going after Hilaire in football guys. And here, um, after after Hilaire is Gurley, Fournette, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. So... Yeah, he is going way up there. Now, I haven't seen him be drafted that high yet in my best ball drafts. Um, but, again, most of them I've done, you know, up to now. So maybe since this was updated June 8th for both of them that, you know, he's getting a lot more love, you know, recently. I haven't heard anything different that they're going to give him the job. I mean, I know they've said that, you know, they'll 
certainly utilize him and Damian Williams to the best of the team's ability, but that doesn't mean that one, you know, that you draft him as your high RB2, almost RB1 in some of these on these rankings. So a little scary there. So, all right, so let's take a look at the undervalued running backs. Uh, we always have this in the back of the guy is in the draft prep area. And we've talked about all four of these guys already, but I just kind of want to delve into the reasons why we have these guys ranked and, and why we think they're undervalued. First one is, you know, our good friend, Leonard Fournette. You know, we did not, none, you know, none of us, uh, I know Ron and me and Kobe were never Fournette fans because he was always a head case, you know, uh, didn't, you know, always injured, uh, you know, goofing off on the sidelines, not really committed, missing meetings. So, yeah, we've kind of wrote ourselves off from Leonard Fournette. And of course, you know, last year, <laughs> Uh, as he's getting closer to contract time, all of a sudden Leonard Fournette has figured out how to be the Leonard Fournette he should have been. Ends the season ranked seven the total points, fourth in consistency with 93%. Um, in the offseason, we did there were trade talks, and the Jaguars did not pick up his fifth-year option. So they feel like they're done with him. So he's going to become a free agent at the end of the year. So as you said, Ron, and I think it makes perfect sense, there's a lot of incentive for him to prove his worth. And so right now, you know, um, in the guide, at the time we did the guide, he was RB13. Like I said, he's now RB15, you know, going around, um, you know, uh, mid, you know, early to mid third round. And I'd love to get him because, I mean, if I could pair him up, if he's going early third round, which means I could pair him up with, you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, one of those guys, I mean, man, as my RB2, I, I just – I think it'd be a great idea. Any disagreement on Ferment? I know you're you, you're pretty much in on him too this year if you get him at that spot. Yeah, that's ideal at that spot. I mean, the only thing he didn't do last year very well is score touchdowns, and that's really right. not been his calling card throughout his career. I mean, if you look at his stats at three seasons, he only has 17 touchdowns on the ground. But one thing that stood out to me that I did a double take when I was looking over his numbers before, and maybe we've talked about this before, maybe I just forgot about it. Dude had 76 grabs last year. Yeah, I think is, you've mentioned is, before, but I'm yeah. glad you mentioned again because that is huge because that's exactly what lifted him higher than he's ever been. Yeah, then and, and that's what takes the place of a lot of those touchdowns that you're not getting. So do right. I expect that again? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It, it, you know, they got some promising receivers there in Jacksonville, but I don't see any reason for him to not get right around 50 grabs. You know, when he goes oh, from least, 22 yeah. in 2018 and basically triples that output in 2019 to 76 – I think there's going to be pretty good amount of value in PPR leagues there, you know, catching the football. But I like him across the board. Yeah, I'd like to see some more touchdowns. But to me, Leonard Fournette is a guy that seems like he has a chip on his shoulder all the time. Right. But when he's coming into this season, I think that chip is is about a million times magnified, and I think that's really going to motivate him to play well and play hard. Exactly. Now I agree. Let's move down to Raheem Mostert. This is the guy that I love. Um, last year, you know, my man crush was C Chris Carson all day long. Well, this year it's Raheem Mostert. Um, and so I've drafted him as my RB2 in a lot of leagues, but I'm usually drafting him. Uh, let me see, let's check out the ADPs and see where they're at with him now. Uh, da, 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 Mostert, Mostert, Mostert. I lost him already. Um, so RB 24, uh, pick 51. So again, probably what early fifth round. Um, and, and that's exactly where I've been getting him. As I mentioned before, getting loading up on the receivers, getting Mostert as my RB I'd like to get him as my RB two. Um, 
I have picked him as a one and then took Ronald Jones in the next one, which we're going to get to in Ronald Jones in a minute. But the whole reason that I love Mostert was what he did over the last six regular season games. And yes, Tevin Coleman's around. Matt Breida is now gone. So it's basically just Tevin Coleman. But, you know, in those last regular season, six regular season games, he was 100% consistent and earned 17.56 fantasy points per game. That's not even including what he did against the Packers and the and what he did in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. You know, even in the games, it, you know, he didn't have 200 yards rushing. Uh, he still was pretty consistent. Still put up some very good numbers. Like I said, his ADP is he's at RB 24. When we did the guide, um, updated the guide after the draft, he was 28. So he's picked up some value. But man, if you can get him as your RB three. I think that's fantastic, but if you want to wait and get him as your RB2, I think that's great. Um, so that's my thought on Mostert. Ron, what are your thoughts? Well, like I said earlier, it gives me a little bit of pause for the guys in the backfield, but I do like the fact that he did separate himself from those guys and, and did put up those stats last year. And I've done at least three to four drafts with you, and I know for a fact you mean what you say 100% because you love you some Raheem Mostert. I think you got him everywhere. <laughs> that I've drafted with you. Um, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for him as well because he is a Purdue guy. Now, I did not go to Purdue, but um, spent a lot of time up there, worked uh, football security a couple years for Purdue football. So definitely root for him there as well. Love to see him succeed. So I I think there's RB3 is ideal. If you can get him as your RB3, you're doing awesome. RB2, for me, a little fringy there. But nonetheless, if he can continue to separate himself and stay on the field like he did last year, I think there's there there could be some value to be had there for sure. Gotcha. All right, we've got a little bit over three minutes left, so I'm going to combine these two guys because right now their ADPs are right behind each other. Ronald Jones, James White, RB34, RB35. Um, I still love Jones. I still am all about him uh, based on what he did last year when he got touches during the game. And, yes, they went out and got you know Keyshawn Vaughn. I get that. And he will be a good backup rookie because Baton Barber's gone. But, man, to get a guy like Ronald Jones who had 78% consistency and was averaging 14.4 fantasy points a game in the nine games that he had 15 or more touches, uh, that's why the Buccaneers believe in him. That's why I believe in him. And that's why I've been grabbing him as my RB2 in some cases. Sometimes maybe, hopefully most of the time at RB3. That's usually when I've been getting him. Uh, And then, as we mentioned, James White. Also going around the RB33, 34 spot. And, uh, you know, again, you got to love what he can do in a PPR format. Uh, he's always been high in consistency the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they love to use him in that offense, out of the backfield, uh, on draw plays, that kind of stuff. So a lot of love for these two guys. Uh, Ron, what are your thoughts on Mr. James White and Mr. Ronald Jones? Well, you know, we like I said, we love some James White, so I don't think there's a whole lot to say about that. You know, we love where we get him. I love a lot of times I get him as a floor. He's going to be one of the focal points of that offense. Right. And, and the thing about Ronald Jones, too, is I like him as well because he's, he's quite a value. But also, too, it's not like Keyshawn Vaughn is like a first or second round guy. You know, he was a later round pick. A little bit of talent there for sure because they did nab him in one of those middle rounds. But nonetheless, I don't think that he's going to be the guy there that's going to push that push him for that job. And if he does, maybe that motivates Ronald Jones a little bit more. Either way, I love where you're getting him for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, we got just a little under two minutes. Any player that we didn't talk about tonight that maybe you've been high on, you have a man crush on this year that you've been getting a lot of your drafts, whether early or late, that you wanted to kind of highlight in the guide? Well, I, can I highlight a guy that's not in the guide? 
Sure. Okay, don't, don't don't kick me off the show for saying this, but it's it's a rookie. It's oh, a rookie. It's that's a rookie. it. I knew it. So, guy that I like a lot at the position going into this season, and it's not who you think I'm going to say. It's who okay. uh, I, I just blanked on his name. Oh my gosh, DeAndre. Swift? I totally forgot. Uh, no, um, what team? <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> the Rams. Oh my gosh, I oh. can't think of his name. Daryl Henderson. Malcolm no, Brown. no, no, no. The rookie. The rookie. Oh, the, the rookie. The rookie. rookie. Jesus, I don't oh, remember who gosh. they drafted. I don't remember who they drafted as a rookie. I can't believe it. I can't believe oh, it. I Cam, love the guy. Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Cam Newton. Cam Akers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I love the guy so much that I forgot his name. I'm flustered yeah, talking right. about him. Cam Akers, <laughs> I think, has a great a great situation. Was a, a kind of a shining star on a terrible Florida State team. So I think mm-hmm. he got you know a little bit of, of a raw deal in that regard. But I'd say as far as value where I'm getting him, Dynasty and beyond, I think he wins that job this year. And I think he's going to be an impressive guy for sure. So he's probably my favorite under the radar guy. Your favorite, your favorite guy. You don't remember. I love favorite it. favorite guy that I have no idea who the hell he is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so tell us where we can find you, Ron. As always, baseball time. We got about twenty five seconds left, and then we'll take it out from there. Well, baseball. You could. I don't know what we're going to be doing for podcasts, <laughs> right. but um, we're going to hopefully talk about the draft on the Dynasty Show this week. We're going to hopefully get some major league, uh, actual major league talent to join us on the show. I'm working Beautiful. on that on the Nasty Cast. So stay tuned. All right. You can find Ron at the Real Mod Day on Twitter. You can find me at Bob underscore Love. As always, thanks folks for listening.